Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Allen. Glad you're joining us. We're in a series called Greater Rewards. And I bet during the week you're all exercising with that intensity, right? And we saw those folks on the, on the video. Not quite. Not me anyway. Uh, today's topic, why can't I change? And that's kind of what this series is about. So I start with that question. You ever wonder why you desire to make changes, but you can't? Uh, I don't know how many have made New Year's resolutions. Most people don't make them anymore because 80% of them are over by Valentine's Day. So you got another week or so. 80%. So that's pretty depressing, and we've all been there, right? We've tried, and by this February, we've not changed, right? We've gone back to our old habits, our old way of doing things, or we haven't developed a new habit, right? <clears throat> so the question is why? 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 Why don't I change? Uh, why don't I become the person I want to be? Why don't I become the person, my health, you know, in, in my weight, in my exercise, or in my relationships as a husband, as a father? Uh, why don't I become the Christian I want to be, a Jesus follower? Why haven't I become the uh, financial person, controlling my finances that I want to be? Uh, uh, why not? All right, and... We're going to look at some scripture today. I hope it's really going to help you uh, be successful, because that's what we want to be, successful, right? So last week, we used the word discipline, a word some people don't like, and we gave you a definition. If you're a Jesus follower, I added some words to it. If you're not, you can, and we're glad you're here, but you can leave those first couple words off. So Jesus follows with God's help, but all of us choosing what you want most over what you want now. We got a kind of a silly thing to happen in our house on Monday. So it's time to eat dinner. Most of you know we're plant-based. So most of you, when you're planning dinner, it's around your meat, right? So we don't have meat, so it's around our carbs, usually. We eat a lot of carbs. And so my wife says, okay, we've had some rice and we've had some pasta, so it's time for potatoes. What kind of potatoes do you want? And I say, well, we can have mashed potatoes, this kind, this kind. She decided on fried potatoes. And so I'm I'll say I made a mistake. I made a suggestion. We got to air fry it. We could air fry the potatoes. They'd be healthier. And my wife thought about that for a second. She said, no, we're going to fry them. <laughs> Fried potatoes and onions. So I said to her, you're choosing what you want now <laughs> more than you, what you want most. And she agreed. All right. So uh, have some fun with that. But that's it's important, right? So we're going to look at something Paul wrote. And again, I, really going to be helpful in this battle to change, to improve ourselves. So it's in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. <clears throat> and this first part is kind of a lead-in, these first two verses. Uh, this is something we adopt as a church. Some of you don't know that, but a philosophy of our church. <clears throat> when I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. And by weakness, he refers to those who aren't Jesus followers yet. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone. Now, traditionally, the church has had problems. We, we say we're like this, and unchurched people are like that, and we don't have anything in common. But that's not true. We have a lot in common. And Paul said that's the key. If you want people that aren't Jesus followers to be interested in Jesus, is to find common ground. So I'm doing everything I can to save some. <clears throat> I do everything to spread the good news and share in his blessing. Because we believe that you're, you're better, your family's better, the world's better when you're with, with Christ than without Christ. 
So I want you to have the blessings of having Christ. So I accept you where you are because God accepted me where I am. And so that's key when you're uh, sharing your faith or the good news uh, with people that aren't Jesus followers. So with that lead in, then he gives us this illustration. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, all the racers run, but only one person gets the prize. So he said, if you're going to run, run to win. Run to get the prize. If that's what you're running. Now, this was in Corinth. He's writing to Corinth. Corinth it was in Greece. And most of us know that there is an athletic event that happens in Greece, right? started in Greece thousands of years ago that we still have today. We call it the Olympics, right? Well, Corinth had its own version. It was called the Isthmian uh, Games. And so they would have races, they would wrestle, they would box, they would have chariot races. Competition, right? Goes all the way back. Now, the competition is hard. The boxing was hard, the wrestling was hard, the running was hard. And so it required you to work or train to prepare yourself, discipline yourself to be able to compete, to try and win. Now, there's always spectators, just like today. The spectators don't have to work hard, do they? They can just show up and watch. They're not going to win because they're only watching. He says, join in, try your best, try to win. <clears throat> so how many of you are, uh, what's the word I want? <laughs> Competitive. How many of you are competitive? Right? Don't be afraid to raise your hand. I think we all should be competitive. We all should want to win at whatever we're doing. We all want, should be successful. Um, you know, we have what do they call participation trophies now. I mean, I'm sure that's fine. But you want a trophy for winning. You want to su succeeding. You want to doing well. So he goes on. He says this. All the athletes are, there's our word, disciplined in their training. Okay? You can't be undisciplined or you're not going to be successful. Now, we train ourselves or discipline to do it, uh, let's see, they do it to win a prize, in their case, in the Olympics, in these other races, to win a pr prize that, that's some kind of wreath or something that will fade away. You know, a year from now, it's gone. You don't, you don't have it anymore. But we do what we do as Jesus followers for a much greater, much better prize. It's an eternal prize. So if you're going to work that hard to get some prize that's just going to fade away, you certainly, you and I, should work really hard for a prize that's going to be eternal. So in this discipline of being a Jesus follower, common things that we think of. We should discipline ourselves to pray, to read our Bibles, to attend worship, to serve people, uh, to donate, uh, to tell people. These are disciplines that we should train ourselves to do so we'll be successful in winning this eternal prize. So he goes on. So I run with purpose in every step. Right? I'm 
doing this for this reason. I'm doing this for this reason. Every step for a specific reason. I'm not just shadow boxing. It's an interesting term, right? So you're swinging at the air, but you're not hitting anything. It's not real competition. Um, I'm thinking of uh, just talking about the Rocky movie because uh, one of the actors just died. And uh, Rocky shouldn't have won that fight. In real life, he probably wouldn't. But what did he do? He had a plan. He disciplined himself. He was punching you know, sides of beef, and he was running up those steps, right? He was preparing. He wasn't just shadow boxing. And then he f finishes up this way. I, there's our word again. Discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should, whether it's boxing or running, whatever. Otherwise, if I don't, otherwise what happens? I fear that after, in his case, preaching to others, I myself be, may be disqualified. Now, what does he mean by disqualified? We don't mean he, he, him and God are disconnected or anything. He was given the privilege of preaching the good news and people becoming Jesus followers. But if he didn't discipline himself, he wouldn't be successful in sharing the gospel and then he would, his, his service or his giftedness would be wasted. Now, I came across this interesting... I thought it was interesting. Anyway, quote from this uh, ancient Greek philosopher about these games and people training. He said this, if you withdraw without sufficient reason, you say, okay, you just quit. No, 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 no. You'll be whipped. <laughs> if you just quit because you're lazy, I don't want to do this anymore, tired or even pathetic, you'll be, again, whipped. And this whipping comes after you've already trained some, right? You've gone through these hardships, uh, which involve thirst, boiling heat, and swallowing handfuls of sand. I have no idea what, what that was part of training, but that was the case. So, for us, one should understand we can't rationalize away the joy of honoring God with your best. Don't rationalize it away. Don't say it's not important. Don't think there is joy in doing your best. Jesus told this story about this master that had three, at least three servants. And he's going away on a long trip, and he said, okay, I'm going to give you guys some responsibilities. So depending on your translation, I'll, the one I use says, he gave the one guy five bags of silver, one guy two bags of silver, and one guy one bag of silver. And it says specifically according to their capabilities. So they should be able to do that. All right, so he entrusted this money to them. And so uh, time passes. It says a long time. He comes back. <clears throat> the guy he gave the five bags of silver to, he says, uh, Master, he said, I, you gave me five. I, I've invested, and here's ten bags of silver. He played to win. He was engaged. He was disciplined. And what was the master's response? It's on your outline. The master was full of praise. Well done. Did a good job. You've been a good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate. Fantastic. You were engaged. You were disciplined. You worked hard. And you were successful. The second guy, same thing happens. He says the exact same thing to him. The third guy. What about the third guy? The third guy, 
was afraid. He was afraid to take a risk. He was afraid to invest. He was afraid to be engaged. He was afraid to do anything. So he hid the money so he wouldn't lose it. And when he came back, he gave it back to his master. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. So master, you haven't lost anything. Is that what the master wanted? No, no, no. Notice the reply. The master replied, not just you lazy servant, you wicked servant. To not be engaged, to not be in discipline, to not invest yourself wholeheartedly is not just lazy. According to God, it's wicked. So it made me think about the last thing Jesus said to us, Jesus followers, the church. Last thing he said, these are our marching orders. We call it the Great Commission. Here it is. He says, go and make disciples of all the nations. Disciples, the same word, discipline. So you are to be disciplined, and part of your discipline is to go and help other people be disciplined in their relationship with God. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching the, these new disciples, disciplined ones, to obey all the commands. Not just do whatever you want, but be obedient. These commands I've given you, be sure of this. Don't sit on your hands. Be engaged, be involved, be disciplined. And of course, God will be with you even to the end of the age. So here's the question. Why aren't we making progress uh, as the church representing Jesus? Why aren't we making progress in being uh, financially free or being healthy or being great parents or great spouses? Why aren't we making more progress? And here's what I want to suggest to you today. We've been trying for way too long. And we have been, right? I've been married a long time, as my wife said. Uh, I've tried lots of times to be a good husband. I've tried lots of times not to yell at my kids, and, and I yelled at my kids anyway. <clears throat> I've tried and tried to stop other habits and start good habits, right? I've had some successes, but I've had a lot of failures, and probably you had too. So, let me suggest to you, we need to stop trying. Well, that sounds like that won't work. <laughs> now, let me suggest something else to you. Not trying, but start training. There's a change of strategy. There's a change of philosophy. Um, I put on your outline. Trying never achieves consistent results, right? We're on that diet for a while. We're on an exercise program for a while. We're in control of our finances for a while. Uh, you know, I, I date my wife for a while, and then I stop dating her, whatever it might be. They're temporary, right? But training involves consistency. Trying is attempt, on your outline, to change with minimal commitment. Okay, I'm going to try, right? First of the year, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try stopping this, doing this, right? It's almost a built-in plan to fail. Because when I fail, what do I say? Well, I tried. And I honestly probably did. But I still fail. It's kind of a wishful thinking, right? But training is a different thing. Training is a wholehearted commitment to achieve a specific goal. 
So, it's different. You've got a wholehearted commitment. You've got a plan for success. And as we're going to talk about in a few minutes, your identity is a big part of that. On your outline, when you're training, you ignore your feelings, right? When I was running ultramarathons, whatever my schedule was, I'm going to run three times this week. It didn't matter if I felt like running. If I was running 10 miles, didn't matter if I felt like only running two miles. You ignore your feelings, right? Because <laughs> what I want most is to be able to run that race more than I want to follow my feelings. So you act according to your commitments. I'm committed to this race months from now. <laughs> Trying, eh. Different mindset between trying and training. Back to the verse we covered earlier. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. That word is a Greek word. I'm not going to pronounce it. Let's put it on the outline. That strict training is the word we get agonized from. Interesting, right? There is agony involved in strict training. To contend for victory to strain every nerve for the goal. That's what that means. Whether it's a goal to get out of debt, uh, be a great spouse, uh, improve my health, whatever it might be. So I came across this statement. It really made me think. <clears throat> when you're in competition, or when you're fighting for something that matters, maybe a relationship that's struggling, when you have a vision, have a dream, when you have a spiritual assignment, God's told you, you need to do this. Just trying apart from training is unthinkable. I've been, went to school to be a pastor for six and a half years. And I continually, a lifetime learner. I'm enrolled in a seminar at the end of this month. Uh, it's unthinkable not to keep training and keep training. We've got another, at least one marathon runner here I know today. Can you imagine getting at the starting line of a marathon and you get there, an ultra marathon, and you guys, you stand around there talking, say, hey, how was your training going? You're all, all ready to go. And, you know, how much did you practice or, or run or train? And, and the other guy says to you, uh, or lady, uh, ah, I was coming kind of busy. You know, the kids took up a lot of time and my Jobs have been really st stressful, and, you know, my wife has all these demands, too. So I, I, I didn't do much training. What do you think the possibility of that person running that marathon is? John? <laughs> well, I'll get a free T-shirt at the end. Yeah. Can't do it, right? And he really wasn't training, was he? Paul, in other places, right in the Timothy, is talking about the same idea of training. So don't waste your time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Folks, so much time and energy is wasted, especially with social media and all this today, arguing about godless ideas and old wives' tales. Don't, spend, well, don't waste your time doing it, okay? Just don't. Instead, what should you, be, you, you and I be using our time and energy for? Training yourself to be godly. So how do you do that? By training in praying, training in reading your 
Bibles and, and training and committing yourself to worship and financial accountability, all those things. So stop trying or simply trying and start training. Are you different when you're training than when you're just trying? And if you're a Jesus follower, are you different from people that aren't Jesus followers? How many Star Wars nerds do we have? All right. Uh, the second movie in the series, fifth episode, uh, Luke meets, meets Yoda, right? And he's, Yoda's trying to teach him uh, to, to use the Force. And he's failing, right? And he says to Yoda, I'll try. And what's Yoda's response? All right? Somebody knew it in the first service. He said, no, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. And I mean, that's Star Wars philosophy, but it's good philosophy, right? So what is training? What is training? Let me suggest to you that it's this. Training is doing what I can today to enable me to do even more tomorrow. Okay, raise your hand. How many of you can run a marathon? John, put your hand up. Yeah, we got one. All right. All right. How many of you could walk a mile tomorrow? Just walk a mile tomorrow. Almost everybody got their hand up, right? So you think you can walk maybe a mile and a half the next day? Yeah. And maybe the third day you kind of jog part of that? So, some people won't jog at all. I know. Okay. <laughs> but anyway... You do today what enables you to do even more tomorrow. We, it makes sense when it comes to, to walking or jogging, right? Well, it's the same thing with financial peace. How many of you can be completely out of debt tomorrow? Okay, we've got a couple of hands. Good. How many of you could make some changes so that you would have less debt tomorrow? We can all do that, right? And more the next day. And you can do that in your relationships. You can do that with your health. Now, you're not going to lose 20 pounds tomorrow, right? If you need to lose 20 pounds. Training to do what I can today to enable me to do more tomorrow. <clears throat> Back to our original text. So I run with purpose in every step. I've got a plan, I've got a purpose, I've got a strategy, right? I've got to do this to get there. I've got to do this to get there. <clears throat> yeah, but it's just not a want to, right? It's just not a try, it's just not a wishful thinking. I have a purpose, I have a plan, I have a strategy. <clears throat> I'm training. I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should. I can't run a, run a marathon unless I train myself, my muscles, and my body to do it, right? Now, I mentioned identity. This is an important part of this. It starts with your identity on your outline. When you know who you are, we said this last week, you know what to do. So, John's a marathon runner, so he knows how to train for a marathon. I used to be an ultra-marathon trail runner. Actually, I like trail running. <clears throat> so I knew what I had to do. Months before the race, <laughs> you start training, and you build up. You run farther and longer, and then you, last couple of weeks, you kind of, you know, 
slack off because you want to be strong and at your best the day of the race. If I'm just trying to run a race, if I don't see myself as a marathon runner, I'm probably not going to be. And you can apply that to any area of life. If you don't see yourself as a good husband, you're probably not going to be a good husband. You're not going to do the things to be a good husband. You don't see yourself as a great parent, you're not going to do the things to make yourself a great parent. If you don't see yourself as a healthy person, you're not going to do the things to make yourself healthy. If you don't see yourself as a person set free from financial debt, then you're not going to do the things. So it goes back to identity. And of course, as Jesus followers, it's as huge. You see ourselves as victorious in Christ in a, these different act, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> activities of life. If you're just trying, it's not going to happen. Training, you are. I'm training to, to run a marathon, so I'm a marathon runner. On your outline, training isn't hopeful experiment. It's just not hoping, right? It's a devoted commitment driven by a deeper why. Why? Why do you want to be debt-free? Why do you want to be a great husband and wife? Why? What, what is the why? That's the motivation. To see ourselves the way God sees us, that we talked about last week. Ah, frustrated I can't change. Well, it's not about trying. On your outline. Become something in the future. It's not about out there. You're training today to be what God says you are. Identity. What do you want most? More important than what I want now. Mentioned about being competitive. Uh, God tells us we're spiritual warriors. Alright? We are to fight in the spiritual realm with His help. I don't know about you, but I don't want to lose. And, and we're on the winning side. God's our, Jesus is already won, right? So I'm on his, in his army. So success comes through not trying, but training. So we talked about identity last week. We'll talk about it again today. So homework assignment, if you will. Something to work on. How does God see me? How does he see me? Not how do I think he sees me, and not how I feel like. How does God see me? And we talked about positive confession. You know, we confess our sins. That's a negative confession, right? Positive confession is declaring you are who God says you are. For example, God sees me as capable. Now, this is huge for me. This is hard for me to get up here and talk every week. I don't feel capable of sharing God's word in a way that's been helpful to you all. But I do it every week. Why? Because God says I'm capable. And I do the training. And hopefully I, I am. So what else do we know that God says about us? Well, he says you're forgiven. Do you feel guilt and shame for the things you've done wrong? If you confess us, you're to walk in holiness and righteousness, even though you and I have sinned. We talked about this last week. We're a child of the king. You're prince and princesses. Don't act like a loser, right? Confess what God says about you. And there's, there's a whole list. 
back to somebody in our small group supposed to bring me his list tomorrow <laughs> that he has on his refrigerator. Positive confession. This is huge. If you want to be successful in whatever area of your life, confess and train yourself in what God says. Let me pray with you. Ah, Father God, we thank you for the wisdom in your word. We've all failed lots of times. We've tried this and tried that. It hasn't worked. We've had some successes. And I think if we analyze them, we'll see that, one, we did more training than trying. And secondly, we saw ourselves as whatever it was we were striving to be. And we thank you for who you say we are. Because it's easy for us to get down on ourselves. But you're our greatest cheerleader. Thank you, Jesus. We want to pray for anyone here or anyone who's watching or listening that's not a Jesus follower. We encourage you to, to, to investigate that. It's another word for train. Okay, is there a God? Is the Bible real? Is Jesus real? Is, is, is there a creator? Am I answerable to him for my life? Is there eternity? Now, we would say yes to all those things. And God wants to be in a relationship with you. And all he asks is that you believe. <laughs> no greater deal in the universe. All I got to do is believe God forgives me of all my sin and gives me his power to live here on earth and then live eternity with him. By faith, believe. We pray that's your prayer today. Uh, Father God, as we go through our lives, most of us, as we said last week, most of us want the same things. We want to be good people. We want to be uh, successful as parents and as spouses and as uh, Jesus followers. So I thank you that you give us the how-to. And you give us the power. With your help, I can do what I want most more than a, what I want now. We want to be disciplined, God, for your glory and so that we can be good examples to help other people come to understand and to know how wonderful it is to be in relationship with you. Father God, I pray for each person here, each person that's listening, that your spirit will speak to them, and they will be obedient. For your honor and glory, in Jesus' name, amen.